Hi, this is the SAP Cloud Platform Podcast, episode 45, recorded on September 28th in sunny California. My name is Rui Nogueira, still working in the product management of the SAP Cloud Platform. And uh, I got an invite from my good friend here in San Francisco, Moya Watson. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming through and recording with us, because I think that as the godfather of the podcast, people probably miss hearing from you, and you've been really busy, so the we're going to talk about that. The godfather. Oh, I have to speak differently now? I think there's a horse under the bed somewhere. <laughs> you, you are coming through town on your way to Tech Out of Las Vegas. Yep. This is still September we're recording this. We probably won't release it till October. Mm -hmm. But uh, we wanted to get the chance to catch up with you while you were in town, find out what you've been up to, and what is your vision for what's going on ahead. So I thought that it would be nice for you to get back on here again, because I scrolled through our old records of the podcast, and I believe the very first podcast that April, you dreamt up April was an 24. April Fool's joke. Okay, no, April 24th in 2015. 2015. Yes, I was young at that point in time. I was too. I needed the money. <laughs> that happened to us. <laughs> Me too. I'm glad we're still employed. Um, what, what in the world motivated you back then, all those years, to start a podcast format? Well, it, was, it was mainly to... Um, to help people who are interested in, in this topic to have... Uh, what topic is that? The SAP Cloud Platform, right? So and at that point in time, we were called... The HANA Cloud HCP. Platform, the SAP HANA Cloud Platform. Yeah, to give people a, a, an understanding and an easy-to-consume way to uh, um, know what is going on around the Cloud Platform and knowing what kind of events are happening uh, around the globe. At that point in time, the, uh, the colleagues from marketing started creating um, all kinds of um, events and I thought hey why not also sharing that information with people in a very lightweight uh, way to um, let them consume it maybe while they're commuting from home to work. I see the traffic here in San Francisco is nearly as good as uh, we have it in Germany. So uh, you have, <laughs> yeah, if, if you're traveling, you have lots of time to you listen to things. Plenty of time, yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the bright side. So um, um, yeah, and also tried to do it um, in an, uh, also in a video format, right? I just wanted to try out. So uh, I, th I stopped doing the video um, uh, thing because I felt the uh, the preferred channel to, to do that is yeah via um, an MP3 player that you might have or an iPhone um, and uh, I, I think that that uh, worked out pretty well and also was was uh, um, less effort right instead of creating a video yeah. where I also have to we check have to wear clothes yeah yeah you have to check if your hair is still good yeah. right if, if I think uh, you've dragged me in a couple of those videos too yes I mean you were in the second one already the second episode together with Michael Forn yes I thought you had been doing this for years and years and here it was just the second one <laughs> and in the meantime it does seem like people are enjoying this and we'd have to put that as a question back out to y'all who are listening but it uh, we finally got some figures and <clears throat> from so, from reporting. So how's like my how's my baby doing? Your baby's doing fine, but it's missing your radio personality voice for sure. Not everyone has the smooth, Ruby voice, so it's good to hear. 
It's good to hear you back, and I'm wondering, because you kind of started this podcast and then you vanished. I didn't um, vanish. I, I still was around. And we've been doing our best to keep it up. No, we've actually, it's been pretty neat to have adoption, not only from people out there listening, but also from different hosts around the world. Mm-hmm. So we brought, Absolutely. We brought it close to the core there from your team there. We have Ina Ivanova, who talks sometimes. I mean, you, you remember when, when, when we started, I mean, the, the plan was always to not have this uh, on, uh, on, one. On, on one pair of shoulders, right? But rather to distribute it. Uh, so we, we had uh, people sitting in Waldorf. We have sit- people sitting here in, in yeah. Palo Alto, San Francisco, uh, colleagues in... And we have APJ. We have Manju Babaro, yeah. who's done a lot of uh, work to, to keep it up from the APJ We have also a, in Sofia. Man. We have also in Sofia somebody. Yes. So, so and this, this is good, right? So that it's not always, let's say, that the same... Um, the same Look and feel, or the same sound, right? But you have people with okay. different uh, uh, different opinions, uh, different views on, on on the platform, and I think it's it's good to also have diversity in in those topics, right? To have different people talking about different things, because uh, uh, with that you might also catch um, other ideas you might have might not have had before. Yeah. And uh, if if I heard you well, the the baby, the, this podcast is doing well, so a lot of people are listening, and I think uh, this is what I hope for, that um, the, the people who are really interested in the topic get a good possibility and an easy possibility to get news around the SAP Cloud Platform. Yeah, and in the end, it's, a, it's about a platform, and the platform doesn't exist without the user base and the community and the ecosystem around it, so that's why it's great that we span as far around the world covering with the podcast as we can, so anyone listening to this can pitch us your ideas and come on and be interviewed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now you have though been busy. Yes. So what I was okay. doing a lot of work in the in the in the background. Mm-hmm. So um, working in an SAP internal project. Is there something you can share with us yeah, about course, what you've been of doing? Course, of course, of course, of course. So uh, the the um, the uh, uh, SAP internal project name was was called Apollo. Referring to the uh, Apollo mission from NASA. I'm familiar with that. <laughs> so so. Um, um, this this project is, is mainly about um, making the SAP Cloud Platform more efficient, more effective, um, helping enterprise app developers um, doing their job um, quicker and uh, with a higher quality. Enterprise app developers, enterprise. inside, outside? Because um, it's an internal project, you said. So So we were, were focusing on customers, or we are still focusing on customers, partners, and the SAP solutions. And uh, one of um, the outcomes of, of that, that, that project was uh, this application programming model, right? So um, this uh, will uh, has been announced already that came at came from the Apollo project. Huh? Yeah, so it's, it started there, right, as, um, as, a, as a means for um, SAP to create uh, enterprise applications in a, in a much more efficient and faster way. And uh, using that, for example, for the um, uh, application around uh, data privacy and, and security that uh, is then also been reused inside SAP from various other okay. solutions, right? Yeah. And with that also... Um, Focusing on on the reuse of of, uh, of services, right? So, um, f- 
for those of you who have uh, watched Sapphire now this year, you saw also in the in the uh, keynote uh, the um, mentioning of uh, reusable business services mm -hmm. and and uh, master data objects there. So uh, um, this was also an, an outcome of, of that project and fitting very well now to the whole story of the intelligent enterprise from, from SAP, mm -hmm. where uh, we are really looking to provide customers and partners with a feeling that when they are using cloud solutions from SAP, that they are this is perceived as uh, a suite of solutions, right? Using, for example, um, the cloud platform as the orchestration layer to store business partners, right, from S4. So mm -hmm. uh, the S4 systems store their uh, business partners um, in the cloud platform. So let's assume one, one scenario. Uh, customer buys for the first time an SAP solution called S4HANA. Along with that, um, an, uh, an account on the cloud platform, the business partners are running in the cloud platform or the, are stored and available in the cloud platform. And now the customer buys a second uh, solution from SAP. Let's say it's uh, success factors, mm -hmm. right? Right. Um, or, or Conquer. And uh, once they connect to the cloud platform, they have access to the same business partners, right? Mm -hmm. So in, instead of having to integrate now these systems, they are using this, the, the same assets. So and the glue uh, across all of them. Exactly, okay. the, the, the glue, right? And um, the, It's uh, funny you say that because we're actually sitting here in the success factors building here in yeah. Silicon Valley yeah. on your way to Vegas. So yeah. we actually have all of these offices. We have Concur, we have Ariba, we have the um, success factors folks here, um, all of these. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All, all of these offices are here, field glass. Mm -hmm. So when you're coming through here, what is your what is your impression about how how well we appear as a cohesive unit to the outside? I think there is there is uh, um, still uh, work ahead of us, but um, looking into what what my future vision for the platform is, um, I would say um, it it is the uh, the orchestration layer that. Um, all the cloud solutions from SAP can can use and, and leverage to make uh, the whole cloud portfolio from SAP really appear as one suite, right? And uh, the more the more um, solutions you get from you buy from from SAP, uh, the more you see how all these systems can be and are connected to each other and can leverage each other's assets. And I think um, this was also the uh, secret. Um, Behind the uh, the success of SAP in the on-premise world, mm -hmm. right? That we had mm -hmm. this this suite of applications um, leveraging each other's assets. So um, I feel that let's say in two, maybe already one or two or three years, the that time frame more or less, right? Um, just getting wild here. So uh, <laughs> and um, you heard it no here. guarantees, no <laughs> guarantees. But I, I think with uh, the strategy that SAP. Um, has has uh, uh, explained, but in Sapphire with the intelligent enterprise, I think that the cloud platform will play an, a very important role in that in that strategy. So the cloud, SAP cloud platform, the the key to this whole strategy of unifying companies. Uh, I think it's it's one very important in ingredient, right? Another one uh, around uh, around the the data management, right? So to have also. Um, the, the, the corresponding uh, content and, and uh, uh, information available that, that you need to run your businesses. I, I think um, this will make uh, the, um, 
the whole portfolio of SAP solutions really much more uh, attractive to customers and partners. Mm -hmm. Excellent. I, and I know you're just heading through town on your way to Las Vegas where you're doing a hands-on about the cloud application programming model. Uh, SAP application programming model. The application model. programming model for SAP application cloud platform. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time coming through and sitting down uh, like like an old friend talking to your, your friends out there on the podcast. Is there any other thing you want to let your adoring <laughs> home audience know before we sign stick, up for now? Stick to this podcast. You will hear cool stuff, uh, interesting topics, not always uh, just one voice, right? Like you hear maybe another podcast. You have We have a, a diverse uh, a set of people uh, here talking about different aspects of the platform. Also so with different mindsets, with different things that are important to them. And I think this uh, this helps you to keep a fresh mind and also think about um, aspects of the cloud platform maybe in ways you haven't thought about before. Excellent. That's fantastic, Rory. It's great to hear your voice. And thank you for having me here. So it was a pleasure to get back again to the, the podcast. And uh, I'm so happy that uh, you and colleagues are taking over and feeding my my baby which is already now how old is it three years old three years and don't That's don't make it be another three years before you come back on again let's okay let's i will i will try again. i will try thanks thanks again. a lot thanks very so not only did I have the fine pleasure of talking with our Rui Nogueira as he was on his way to TechEd Las Vegas, stopping through Silicon Valley, but now I have the fine pleasure to speak to yet another old friend, um, this time from the show floor in Las Vegas, none other than our very own Matthias Steiner. Hey, Matthias. Uh, hi, Moira. Yeah, thanks for having me um, and for this great opportunity to talk about RollPlap and, and big picture and so forth. Um, I think at the moment we, we really see peak peak interest in cloud platform, but that's um, too surprising uh, given that uh, Brand Leuka uh, basically dropped the cloud platform word every <laughs> other sentence. So, yes, he um, did. Yeah, so, no, it's going well. Quite, quite the interest, so um, really engaged crowds as well, so can't, can't complain at all. So. Good. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're taking this topic at TechEd, and I thought we'd take some time to kind of recap that either from people who missed it or um, just to review it from your perspective. Can you share us share with us what you briefly uh, talked about in your roadmap presentation today? How much time do you have? <laughs> I mean, the, the session is already 30 minutes, and it was just, you know, addressing the big topics i mean ultimately we could probably talk for hours about all the things coming but um so so basically what we're doing with the roadmap session these days is just to give people the, the big talking points starting bottom up from uh, multi-cloud uh, foundation data center build out to multiple environments up to new exciting services uh, business services um, and so forth and then just yeah, briefly also covering uh, commercial models and, and the big picture. And what did you see? Did you see, I, I noticed in the roadmap in the future and, and something we announced at, at TechEd um, at the keynote was the whole business of the, the serverless and the cloud platform functions and Kubernetes and containers as a service. This is all sort of um, happening now and then in the future in the roadmap. Maybe you can, what, what were the most important announcements there from your perspective? Yeah, so um, when we talk about the cloud native core, if you will, um, 
one of the things that we recently announced was was ABAP, right, the ABAP environment um, that's now in GA in its first version. And it sees a lot of interest in the community. I think uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the blog post on Harald Cook, who's, who's the head of engineering for this type of functionality, he, he had received like 20,000 hits in, in three weeks. So <laughs> did, we can did. definitely see that this this resonates well with the, uh, with, with the ecosystem. Um, to, to complement our platform as a service offerings, we go in both ends. So on the one hand side, we look into functions and serverless to really get people this very low footprint, careless um, way of, of just having functionality being executed on demand and triggered by events um, without having to worry about scaling um, and, and, and any notion of a server or whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand of the spectrum, if people need more control, more flexibility in regarding the underlying infrastructure, um, because they're creating, um, you know, backing services that require Hadoop clusters or GPU clusters, or just anything else that requires this little more control um, that you don't have with platform as a service, this is where the Kubernetes as a service offering will fall into place. And that's exciting stuff. Very exciting. I saw a lot of really great buzz about this stuff online. So it'll be really neat to see where people take this without having to worry about the, let's say, infrastructure beneath. And that that kind of brings me to the next um, sort of area of questioning in my mind. I, I noticed in your roadmap deck you have a whole slide on data centers. And so since that seems to be such a major part of our roadmap, can you talk about why that why our data center model and our infrastructures are so important in our roadmap? But it's basically the foundation, right? And and with cloud, the first thing that comes to mind is always compliance considerations, legal requirements, um, with all the regional laws and regulations you have to adhere to. So that is, for most people, the first things they need to clear before they go towards cloud. And and the whole idea of our multi-cloud strategy was in the first place to yeah to have the capability to really build out partner centers, um, um, build data centers based on demand that you see from customers and partners. Um, so that gives us this agility to really go where people want uh, want us to be and, and need us to be. Um, at the same time, I think when we talk about multi-cloud, um, the other important aspect is that this gives people the flexibility to co-locate cloud platform with other cloud solutions or assets mm-hmm. they may have already with those right. hyperscale providers. And, and this whole notion of co-location is important because it comes with lower latency, uh, better integration capabilities, better security capabilities, and so forth. So this is why it matters to them. And we just say, well, we want to just make sure that you can use cloud platform um, wherever you, you you want it, wherever you need it. Maybe Maybe... Two additional words. One of the most uh, exciting things recently announced is the strategic partnership with, with Alibaba right. to expand our footprint also into the Chinese market. So this is uh, currently being executed and hopefully available um, next year uh, somewhere. Uh, I can't give you a concrete date yet, but yeah, it's, it's certainly something that is uh, in full swing already. And last but not least, to complement the public cloud offerings that we have, we have also started to engage with IBM and Atos as the first uh, partners to, to engage in this private cloud edition uh, scenarios that we see a lot of demand um, from, from our customers. So that's, that's just also part of our way of really making sure that everybody can leverage cloud platform regardless. 
regardless of, of their uh, restraints and, and considerations. Right, and regardless of where they are in the world. I mean, in the end, cloud is a bunch yeah. of data centers actually on the ground. But it seems like for cloud platform, the sky is the limit as far as who we will partner with to get our cloud spread around the globe. Uh, Alibaba being a great example, but we've also got you know all the rest of the major hyperscalers in our belts with the Amazon and the Google and the IBM and the Azure, right? Yeah. Is there another vendor in our space that you can think of that has this approach, this multi this multi cloud infrastructure approach. No, not not in the way that we do it. So nobody really offers a fully managed public cloud on on a multi cloud perspective. I mean, many of the other providers can run on all of those, but they're more um, always very dedicated and we're the only ones that you're in control of saying, where do I want to deploy my applications? You can even deploy applications to multiple hyperscale providers and, and use one as the fallback option for, for the other in case that you really want to, you know, have, have business contingency uh, being being taken care of. So that, that's quite right. unique and we're quite proud of it, this approach, yeah. So it's a real differentiator for cloud platform and it seems like we have a real partner forward approach and it's definitely a, to the benefit of people being able to have their infrastructure where they want it and also it's a way that we can grow throughout the world right yeah i mean from my perspective the easiest way to explain this is to say when it comes to platform there's only one kpi that matters that is adoption and the uh -huh. easier to make it people to adopt you know the lower the entry barrier right. uh, the easier it is to, to really drive adoption so this is the basic rationale to say yeah you you decide where where you want to run it and we give you the functionality and the value prop on top of that. Right. I remember way back in the cloud platform days when we didn't quite have yet a data center in Brazil. And we had all of these folks down there. We had SAP mentors and partners and customers. And they're like, I want it. I want it. I want it. I want cloud platform. It's not in my neighborhood yet. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We had a, what, yeah. a two That's or three locations. Yeah. And, uh, and now we can, we can scale out with, with speed, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. You put it perfectly. Um, it's, it's, it's been a while, um, but now, now I think we're, we're, in, we're in full steam. So it's, it's just a matter of time. Where I mean, if somebody says I have a have a good business case in one of the regions we are not yet present in, then it's, it doesn't take too long to to, to build out a data center with, with the, all the partnerships that we have. Yeah. yeah. Well, the hyperscalers, and maybe we have someone there already. Okay. Well, this is this is yeah. an exciting context, and just wanted to just wanted to ask also how people are receiving this. I mean, what's the word on the roadmap, and what's going on with cloud platform in general? You share a couple of impressions. It's it's quite diverse. I mean, depending on where people are in their journey. Um, for those that are new, it's of course that they they have different type of questions than those that have been using it productively for quite some time. So it's really always uh, quite interesting to to hear the various uh, thinking. Um, mm -hmm. And then of course, I mean, uh, given that we we try to push adoption with, with all the stuff that we drive on the website with with blueprints and, and all these things. Right. Um, but that's exciting to get feedback on this one, right? Because people see really see the value here and how they can see, okay, I, I got it now. Thanks for laying out specific scenarios and business challenges and how top platform can address those. What are the services needed, even down to the point where they really get a good crisp on how much um, the expected costs would be. Right. And then into, you know, getting them on board with all the learning material that they need to ramp up their developers, giving them code samples to, to just uh, have a production grade 
space to to build their own stuff uh, right. on, on top of and so so that's really good um other people they have more feature requests you know they say okay when is this feature coming when will this service be available in cloud foundry mm-hmm. in that data center so it's, it's really a very broad mix but as always uh having this direct communication loop between the end users is what matters most to, to really be able to gosh where we are and how we rank. So that's why you're out at all of these tech ads, and I'm sure people will be able to find you again in Barcelona, which is coming up again toward the end of October, yeah, just, right? Yeah, just, just two more weeks, so it's really one after the other now. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and that's another thing, I mean, the also the, diff, the regional differences between um, what, what people uh, are interested in the U.S. compared to what people are in, in Europe is just also very fascinating. Sometimes. Oh, that's interesting. Well, can you share an mind. example? Yeah, I mean, in, in Europe, of course, GDPR is a big topic. Um, right. So um, I think we can, I mean, the good thing is we can just say, yeah, uh, make a check mark next to it. It's, it's all dealt with. You don't have to be concerned yourself with. In the U.S., there's other topics, and especially in the public sector, people are wondering about FedRAM and, 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 um, and other things related to how you can do cloud business in the U.S. Um, That's right. But yeah, so these are the... Data ownership. I think data ownership yeah. will become a, even even a bigger topic. You know, maybe we should have Tim Berners-Lee come on and talk about Solid one day, and uh, <laughs> yeah. who, who gets to own your data? But that, well, that'll, that'll be for a different podcast. Who owns the data? Who owns access to mobile phones? And that's uh, that's going to be an interesting question going forward for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, thanks for giving me this opportunity to talk. I know we were just able to scratch a little bit of the stuff that is uh, coming out there. Maybe one last thing is. I wrote this really comprehensive and ultimately very long blog post about all the new stuff that has been yes. out. So maybe we can add a link to this to the show notes um, because I think people will find a lot more information and more details and also coming directly from the people working on those topics. So, yeah. Let me, That's right. Allow me this this plug at the end. Oh no, absolutely, we've got it. If uh, you point your browsers toward Cloud Platform on Twitter and look at the pinned tweet, it's the must-read on how SAP Cloud Platform <laughs> powers the intelligent enterprise, part two, from Matthias, and he's got a virtual link farm in there as well of all of the top announcements. So absolutely, you yeah. Can, <laughs> you can cover it there. Thank you, Matthias, for putting that all together. Thank you so much for taking the time because I know you're probably about to My give pleasure. yet another session. And then uh, everyone listening, go and find him in um, in Barcelona. And Matias, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks. Have a great, Have a great day. Bye-bye. Always great to talk with Matias. Always great to talk with Ruri Nogueira. And evidently not content to have one special guest, nor two special guests. I have a third special guest joining me. I'd like to welcome Harsh Jagadizan. Harsh, first of all, did I say your name right? Absolutely, Moya. Thank you for having me here. Really Thanks excited for being here. Can you, can you tell uh, everyone what your role is at SAP and what you do? Absolutely. So these days, I'm extremely passionate about helping our customers simplify integration. My day job is called uh, Head of Product Management for SAP's integration platform, wow. based out of Waldorf. Um, again, happy to be here. 
So you can't get any closer to integration than you can with with Harsh and and of course a giant team as well. But uh, why don't we start it off then with I I heard a lot I've been hearing a lot about integration, uh, the topic of integration all over the place across the industry and of course at TechEd at SAP as well. What is this topic of integration doing suddenly hitting the foreground and why is integration so important for our customers? Integration has always been important for our customers, and now it's becoming more and more important, and I'll tell you why. And my one-line answer to that question is intelligent enterprises are integrated enterprises. So let me explain that a little bit, right? So enterprises want to win the hearts of their customers. They want to offer simplified, connected experiences. And what do I mean by that? It's about really engaging with customers at the time and medium of their choice, um, adding intelligence to accentuate the whole experience and innovating on top of business models, offering things like you know subscription-based consumption and stuff like that. So why is it hard to do something like that? It's because today I think IT landscapes are the complexity is really at all-time high. There is multiple clouds, data is across different apps, processes uh-huh. scattered, uh, devices coming in, right? So, and the promises that you make to a customer, you cannot keep on your own. You have to collaborate with your suppliers and partners. Right. So the biggest question that everyone has to answer today, right, is how do you hide this complexity and offer a simple connected experience for your for delighting your customers, right? Uh-huh. And integration and APIs are the bedrock in order for you to sort of innovate and add intelligence on top. And that's why integration is extremely critical for our customers. And this is what motivates us um, on this mission to simplify integration, Moya. I've, I've heard that term before, simplify integration. What exactly do you mean by that? And what does SAP have to do with simplifying integration? Absolutely. That's a very good question. There are six ways, I believe, that uh, we sort of try to simplify integration, right? The first is offering open APIs, semantically rich, based on open API specification and OData based on open standards, so anyone can connect into any part of SAP. The second is we offer prepackaged integration, so you don't have the hard work as a customer to integrate things. We offer prepackaged integrations. You simply discover them, configure them, click, and you run, right? That's the whole click-to-consume experience that we want to offer with the whole prepackaged integration. The third thing is open connectors, right? So open connectors, we offer 150-plus connectivity, uh, API-based connectivity to 150-plus apps to connect into Salesforce, to connect into Marketo, to Adobe Marketing Cloud. So the open connectors connect into integration hubs. We have CRM hubs, ERP hubs, finance hubs, social hubs, uh, e-document hubs, uh, and so on and so forth, which uh, you can sort of connect to one hub, and then from then on, uh, open connectors make sure you can connect to any of the connectors part of that hub, right? So it actually takes a one-to-end sort of uh, connectivity hub-based integration model, and that's how it really simplifies connectivity. 
It seems like it. I've seen so much, um, I'd say, buzz on the community since we shipped uh, Open Connectors. We announced that in back in September, right? And I've, I've, I saw a number of people just Absolutely. jump but in and try it out right away. I saw a blog post with somebody connecting their Slack instance with Open Connectors, and then somebody else talked about connecting uh, to Microsoft Outlook with Open Connectors. It seems like people are really enjoying getting their hands um getting their hands on this stuff. So what is uh, so important about open exactly. connectors then? I think the ease of use and it's opening up uh, connectivity to a lot of apps that are in customer landscapes. Those are the two reasons why it's so popular because, you know, uh, like I told you in the beginning, the landscapes of customers are heterogeneous, right? And maybe there are mergers and acquisitions which bring in more apps, right? And Open Connectors makes it so simple to connect to any of these apps. Um, and it provides a harmonized API. It opens up all the events in a harmonized way, and it's uh, as simple as discover, click, connect, and start using it, right? So that's that's how simple Open Connectors makes connectivity. And are you talking a lot about Open Connectors when you go off to TechEd, TechEd Vegas, TechEd Barcelona next week? Yes, we, we are doing lectures. We're actually showing this hands-on. Uh, it was also talked about in the keynote. So there is a lot of interest on open connectors. That's it great. adds a completely new dimension to our integration suite. Nice. I'd, uh, what is, now you just mentioned in integration suite. When you talk about SAP Cloud Platform integration suite, what actually is um, is that? So what we did was to bring in a set of modular cloud-native suite of services, which can help customers simplify integration. Uh, typically, the kind of scenarios that customers want to do are traditional A to A, B to B, business to government kind of scenarios. Um, they're also doing API-based real-time integration more and more. Even based integration with function as a service is becoming more popular. IoT integration with our IoT foundation is becoming popular. Orchestration with workflows and rules, and last but not the least, using in-memory data grid like HANA and microservices to do digital integration is also becoming popular. So these are the multiple integration approaches, and the suite can help customers to do all of these approaches, right? And that's the power of bringing all these things together um, into one cohesive suite, which we call the Cloud Platform Integration Suite. Okay. And is that a new concept that we're um, rolling out, or has that been around for a while? So we have some of these services that are very popular already. A lot of customers using uh, cloud, cloud integration, which is uh, used for A to A and B to B connectivity, API management. Uh, we had enterprise messaging as well. Uh, and now uh, on top of this, we're adding open connectors, we're adding function as a service backend mm -hmm. and all of these capabilities in. Right. And it's evolving to be a much more robust uh, suite of services which can help customers with all their integration needs. Okay, so it's great. really a holistic integration platform in that sense. That's really great. Um, the other term I've heard about yeah. out there is the integration advisor. Um, what is this integration advisor and how does it help simplify things for customers? The integration advisor is a homegrown innovation, right? Uh, there are more than 50 patents behind it. The integration advisor is a self-learning integration network. It's using uh, AI and ML techniques 
in order to simplify mapping. Mapping is, uh, is, is a lot of work. It's very complex in any integration project, and the integration advisor can provide proposals and recommendations, um, both for A to A and for B to B. B to B mapping is also uh, far more complex because it's got a lot of industry variants and country-specific variants, and uh, the integration advisor can really simplify those uh, mappings and integration for you. And it can sort of reduce the time to onboard a B2B trading partner um, so that you can quickly start collaborating with your trading network. So it brings the power of semantics uh, and combines it into a self-learning integration network to simplify integration. It's, it's really cool. I mean, when customers take a look at it, they really go, wow. That's great. So this is that brings me to you know my other question is um, you're you're just coming off off of the TechEd Las Vegas and you're on your way to TechEd Barcelona. Um, what sorts of uh, sessions should people look up if they're interested in finding out about integration? Where can they find you? And what do you think the hot topics are going to be in Barcelona? Uh, we have a huge set of integration developers and specialists, starting with our XI to PI days. Uh, I would estimate around 70,000 people out there. Uh, there is a lot of interest in this community. Um, I, I would. Uh, we have a blog out there, so on all the integration sessions, so, so you can actually come and learn about the integration suite. You can learn about how you can do A to A integration, how you could actually craft and execute your enterprise API strategy with API management. Uh, learn more about open connectors. Get your hands uh, dirty with uh, the integration advisor. And uh, if you want to learn more about the suite, the best place to go and take a look is cloudplatform.sap.com/integration, and that's where you can see, find all the information. Excellent. Okay. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, Harsh. I do. Um, maybe one more question. As we know, uh, Bjorn Gurk is going to be returning to Keynote on Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. in in Barcelona. Do you know, uh, can you give us I'm any really teasers? I'm really looking forward to it. Do you, know, do you know of any of the teasers in his keynote? Do you know if he's going to a different planet or anything? Can you give give us any insider information there? No pressure. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Beyond kept it under wraps, so I don't really know uh, which planet this time. Yeah, we'll have to... I know he's a huge uh, space and science fiction fan, but all I know is uh, that it's going to be uh, some interesting stuff that we're going to show about uh, on the integration suite, so look forward to that. So... If, if all goes according to plan. <laughs> okay, great. So you heard it here. So stay tuned. 9 a.m. You'll be able to, wherever you are, uh, 9 a.m. Barcelona time, stream that keynote live. And if you're at TechEd in Barcelona, look, look Harsh up in person if you're interested in integration. And Harsh, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about this very important topic. Will you come back again and keep us appraised as to all the latest in, in integration? Absolutely. It was great talking to you, Moya. Thanks for having me once again. Thanks a lot, Harsh. Oh, gosh, that was a lot of good information on integration, all about integration from Harsh Chagadizan. And he was on his way to TechEd in Barcelona. So look him up there if you happen to be there for more information on that. 
I say so far we've had a whirlwind around the world podcast now drawing to a close. Uh, we talked with Rui Nogira. Uh, he spoke about an internal project called Apollo and some of the internal origins of the application programming model. And we talked about the around the world nature of the podcast. And then we went to the show floor in Las Vegas and we talked to Matthias Steiner about his roadmap sessions and big picture sessions and just around the world infrastructure there. And finally, uh, Harsh Jagadizan squeezed in on his way to Barcelona to talk about how SAP helps to simplify integration. So I think I'm going to close it out now. Um, there has, of course, been a lot of uh, stuff new in the last 20 days. You can check the release notes um, since our last podcast. And I do advise again for you to check out Matthias's blog for all the other announcements in the tech eds. Uh, how SAP Cloud Platform Powers the Intelligent Enterprise Part 2, with no less than 20 links for further reading that uh, Matthias has gathered up from the whole team there. So that's some seminal reading for sure. Um, and in closing, just a few events that are coming up around the world. If you are a workflow enthusiast and you are listening to this in time, you can dial in on Thursday this week, the 18th of October, to a workflow session uh, webinar directly with Christian Luce and Stefan Schluchter from the team. Uh, you heard from them in the last podcast from Manju on, a, on this cool functionality, so you can hear from them again on Thursday. Details on the SAP community. And next week, if you happen to be at EclipseCon Europe, you can check us out in Ludwigsburg. Oh, and what else is happening? October 23, 24, 25? Of course, it's SAP Tech Ed Barcelona. And we've got more than 250 SAP CP sessions from which to choose. If you need help, go to the Agenda Builder and choose from three different learning journeys that help you refine your schedule. We've got CNA7, rapidly build cloud applications using high productivity tools. We've got CNA8, build intelligent business applications. And then we've got OPP2, build cloud native apps with SAP Cloud Platform. Check out the sessions on offer there, filter your agenda, add them all in one fell swoop, and do not miss Tuesday, 9 a.m. Barcelona time, the keynote with Bjorn Gorka. And finally, stay tuned in November for our closing tech ad of the year in Bangalore, November 28 through 30. Meanwhile, that's a wrap for podcast episode 45, October 2018. Thank you for joining me and special guests, Ruri, Matthias, and Harsh. Look forward to the return of host Ina Ivanova from Sofia in November. And keep engaging with us online. Share your knowledge via blogging or Twitter. And if there's anything you want to hear about on this podcast, you can connect with us there. Till then, we'll be listening for you and looking forward to your contributions. And now, what do you say, Rui? Can you take it away one more time? Thanks for listening to the SAP Cloud Platform podcast. In case you are interested to learn more about SAP Cloud Platform, visit our homepage at cloudplatform.sap.com. The SAP Cloud Platform podcast is powered by OpenSAP. OpenSAP is SAP's innovative learning platform and a thought leader for enterprise massive open online courses. It provides you with an engaging and effective learning experience through gamification and by connecting you with other learners and SAP experts. OpenSAP courses are free of charge and are offered in English. Enroll today in one of our OpenSAP courses at open.sap.com. Thanks a lot and see you.